1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Asif, can we take a look back, you know, just to start here at 2017? What was that big real estate story this year? You know, I think the uh, biggest story was government intervention now. You know, too much intervention from the outside is never great for for anyone or anything, and the real estate market was no different. So, you know, in in comparison to 2016, I mean, that was a year that smashed all records. So, if we compare it to 2015 or 2014, it was right up there. And you know, it the market showed its resilience even with all the negativity and the the bashing. It showed that, I mean, we'll finish over 90,000 homes. So once the final numbers for December come out, you'll see that we challenged for either third or fourth highest on the real estate uh, sales data all time, which is an incredible year considering everything that happened, Tina. And what do you think buyers and sellers can expect in 2018? I think 2018 will start off a little bit quieter as people start to wade through the the stress test changes with the mortgage rules and everything. And, and so that uh, goes into effect January 1st? January 1st. And, wow. you know, some banks jumped the gun and they started uh, working with those same ratios and percentages in the latter part of December. And what we're going to see is probably a feeling out period, as as is with any, any change in, in the real estate market. But by the end of February or March, things are really going to start to fly. So buyers and sellers... I mean, for buyers, it would be a great time to buy early January, you know, early February. And for sellers, you can start to see movement uh, probably around mid-February. Let's remind our listeners what exactly is that mortgage stress test? What is it going to mean to um, their purchase price, their bottom line, their pocketbook? The stress test has been around for a while now, and the only thing is it didn't apply to everybody. So now what's happening is you need to qualify, everyone needs to qualify for a 2% higher rate than what they're going to be getting. And that's to make sure that our economy and our, our uh, you know purchasing power stays the same. And the banks are just being tighter to make sure that affordability is there. There's been a lot of talk in the media and, and also in circles about you know, is the Toronto market getting too expensive for people? So this way, banks are sure, and also as a consumer, you're sure that if anything changes and rates go up a bit, you're still going to be able to afford the house. So it's not typically a bad thing when banks tighten up, but you're going to see some people's purchasing power decrease a little bit as, you know, their affordability has come into question. So it's actually a good thing. Uh, people will qualify for 2% more. It's been around for a while. It's just being applied to everybody right now. So it's it's not going to be as bad as people are anticipating. Uh, again, with a feeling out period, we should be back to normal by the end of February. If buyers are not going to uh, go for a mortgage, could they purchase against a, a line of credit instead? Is that an option for them? They could. I, I mean, you could. there's so many different options, but you're still it's still going to take into account your your income, your credit, you know, what you can afford in terms of ratios. So you could use a mortgage or a line of credit. I think bank of mom and dad will come into play. A lot of parents will be lending their children some money in order to, you know, lower their 
their mortgage. So I think you'll see a lot of that happening in the next little while. And uh, again, I think it will be business as usual by the end of January, mid-February. So take out your real estate crystal ball. What, uh, where are the hot areas in York Region in 2018? Well, with the Vaughn subway opening at the end of December, I think December 17th is yep. actually when it opens, uh, you're going to see a lot of people start flocking to the Jane Highway 7 corridor because of all the condos that have been built there and everything. And now all of a sudden, Vaughn is minutes away from the city. So if you're working downtown, great place to live now. So I, I think Vaughn, Vaughn and Markham through December have been the hottest markets in York. That will continue, and Georgina will make a comeback. Georgina was really hot until about April or so, and then uh, tanked a little bit, but you'll start to see Georgina come back as well. And, you know, Stouffville's always been the the quiet, uh, you know, neighbor to Markham. I, I think Stouffville will start to take off as well. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us today is Tim Hudak, a familiar name to our listeners. Tim is the former leader of the Ontario PC Party, and now he's the CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, Asif. Tina, thanks for having me on. This is great. I've never had the chance to come in studio at (laughs) 105.9, the region, and on the market. Thanks for having me here. We're thrilled to have you. Now, Tim, I know that you've been in this role for a while, but Maybe bring our listeners up to speed as to your new responsibilities in real estate. Yeah, thanks, man. I, j- I mean, I just passed my one-year anniversary, Asif, so thank you very much Happy for the anniversary. anniversary card. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just last week, it was uh, one year ago that I uh, took on the job as CEO of the Ontario uh, Real Estate Association. We represent almost 75,000 realtors in Ontario. That's like the fourth biggest in North America, by the way, That's after amazing. Texas, Florida, and California, of course. You know, it's been a blast. I mean, a couple things. I'm glad to answer more questions about this, but I wanted, when I left politics after 21 years, I wanted to take on a job where I was going to be excited every day to get out of bed, that had a mission about it. And the mission here is to help more people get more people into homes in the province. Like, I remember how excited I was when I got my first home, took on the new job, we bought a new house in Toronto, and my girls were all excited. So I want to help realtors give more people that experience to experience that Canadian dream of home ownership. Is it still a dream? Is it, or is it, um, is it a reality that's tough to attain for yeah, so it's harder, many people? Right? Like, right? The dream is still alive. There's no doubt about it. And you know, our our big mission as Ontario Realtors is to make sure that that millennial generation is going to be able to get a home, mm-hmm. just like my generation did or that before it. We were just talking before the show, right? You guys have kids that are in their teens heading off to university. And you want to make sure that when they get a good job and they graduate, they're not living in a shoebox rental. They're not living back at home in the basement with mom and dad. And what we've done is, as realtors, we've put some really solid ideas on the table to the provincial government to say, if you take up these ideas, we can assure that that young woman who just got her degree from York and has a good job, that she can get a place of her own. And, and Tim, I want to congratulate you on on, on you know the one-year anniversary, but also for the, the work that you've done to make our job as realtors easier and and also bring the realtors to the forefront to say you know we do represent the the majority of the people in Ontario and you know we want to help so maybe you can tell us a little bit about the Ontario Realtor Party yeah well listen the Ontario Realtor Party asked people like you I mean thanks thanks for what you said but you're here hosting the show with Tina you're out talking about the importance of 
having a home, the value of investing in real estate, how that's smart in the long run, how using a realtor is in everybody's best interest because you're going to get the best deal and the best advice, right? That's yeah. We want to now take that kind of energy that realtors like you have at the local level because I will challenge both of you to name me another profession that is more active at the grassroots in the local community, whether it's coaching the hockey team or soccer involved the school council, whether temper, gurdwara, synagogue, or church, right? Like realtors yeah. deeply involved in the grassroots. So the goal is how do we take that energy and involvement and put it at a powerful position province-wide to drive issues around sustainable, achievable, affordable home ownership. So we're trying to activate realtors and the Ontario Realtor Party to get involved in politics, to support politicians who support home ownership, to make sure we put good ideas on the table. And if there's something the politicians are doing that's going to be dangerous to home ownership, making it more expensive, for example, or harder to get, that we want to get them back on a more positive track. That's right. And an interesting fact that I heard, uh, and and it just, you know, really made me aware of, of how many people are out there that, you know, these decisions affect, was when I heard at the Ontario Realtor Party meeting uh, a few weeks ago, that the homeowners represent the largest segment of voters. And, uh, and, and you know, that's more than millennials, more than baby boomers, more than any other, uh, you know, type of group or, or organization. Uh, so that was really interesting in, in how much, you know, realtors can do to make, you know, uh, life better for homeowners. Well, a lot of us define the middle class as when you can buy a home. And you can make the payments. You've made it to the middle class, and, and that's what being Canadian is all about. And so my grandparents, and they came to this country as immigrants, right? They wanted to buy a home, and they saved and scrimped and did everything so they could do that right. and pass on that value to their kids. And that's something very important that we strive for. And you're absolutely right, Asif, that there's really no voice out there for the average homeowner. They tend to get higher taxes, higher costs, congestion in New York region on the 400, mm-hmm. and such is terrible. So this is a chance for realtors to, to be that voice on behalf of homeowners and people who want to become homeowners. Is this just, though, another political movement, another political layer, or what is the grassroots application here? Yeah, so read more at OntarioRealtorParty.com, and I encourage realtors to get involved and to sign up. So there's different levels of activation here. First of all, I know having been an MPP for 21 years, it is invaluable to have somebody who you know in your community and you can trust their advice implicitly. I had realtors like that. I had insurance brokers like that who were involved in the community. I saw how hard they worked. And then I'd trust their advice. Asked if they came to me and said, hey, this is coming down the pipe. You should vote this way or perhaps you know, bring forward this idea in the legislature. I was far more likely to listen. So that's a heavy level of involvement, being a go-to advisor for a local MPP or city councillor. Secondly, uh, if an issue is before the legislature or we want to see action, sending an email, making a call, visiting the MPP's office, that kind of personal contact goes a long way. And if you do a mass mail or it's like everybody's carbon copied or whatever, those things get ignored because anybody can do that. You write an individual letter about how you feel, how this impacts local communities, say it's in Markham or Stouffville, that makes a big difference on the MPP as well. And lastly, spreading the word. Because by fighting for lower taxes on a land transfer tax, for example, to make it easier for people to get a home, fighting for increased housing supply, these are all issues that are uh, lined up with the best interests of Ontarians. So for homeowners to know about what we're doing, getting them involved in the campaign, that's gold. Is it resonating with homeowners? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best example of what realtors achieved 
was when the province was looking at extending the land transfer tax that Toronto has to every city, town, and village in the province. And that would have been a huge wall for a new homeowner to, to climb over. It was a tax grab in the billions of dollars. And if the realtors had, you know, just said no on their own, I don't think they would have stopped it. Governments wanted more money, as they, mm-hmm, as they do. always do. Mm-hmm. But what the realtors through the Ontario Real Estate Association did, and now with the Realtor Party, we also got homeowners involved and deluged MPPs with individual letters and Facebook messages and Twitter posts right across the board. As a result, it was a huge victory. The government backed down, and that tax never happened, saving the average homeowner probably tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Tim, let's talk about the role of the realtor in the community, especially towards affordable housing as per the affordable housing plan that we presented to the MPs recently. Now, at REMAX Prime Properties, we see... Uh, one of our main roles as being community ambassadors and and helping the community not only with you know their needs and wants but also with affordable housing. Maybe you can uh, share a little bit about the affordable housing plan. Yeah, absolutely, awesome. Appreciate that question, and you know I'm going to link it back to what we talked about the last segment on the Ontario Realtor Party, and of course OntarioRealtorParty.com. Just like when you're selling a home, you may have a great product, you also have to make the sale and make the connection. So the Realtor Party also helps train realtors in how best to get you know, technical policy ideas across in a very clear and straightforward and motivating way. And the other thing I'd add, by the way, maybe you someday, Asif, we want to get more realtors running for public office because what's the best way to advance things like homeownership? Actually having them there as voting members for whatever political party they choose. It's a big part of the Realtor Party. So what would be one of the things that we'd be pushing for? Well, we want to make sure that homeownership is going to be achievable for this millennial generation because everybody listening in York region has a story about their kid who did everything right, but they're still stuck with mom and dad. So how do we do that? Number one, and glad to go into more details, increase housing supply so that there's more choices and a variety of choices. Secondly, get that land transfer tax down, particularly in Toronto to enable that exchange. And three, let's stop this piling on of government intervention in the marketplace that's pushing homeownership out of reach for too many people. That's so true that you say that, because the more intervention that they say is aimed to curb housing prices or the appreciation, and and the more it's doing to limit supply, and that's what's driving prices out of control. There's a lot of good things happening in the the greater Golden Horseshoe area. We've got more people who want to live here because our economy is stronger than the rest of Canada, really. We have about two to 300,000 immigrants per year who want to call this area home got a generation of millennials who now want to own a home because they know it's a smart investment. Right? All these things are coming together, and Bank of Mom and Dad is helping finance that, and mortgage rates, while they've gone up a little bit, are still pretty low. A lot of good stuff on the demand side. The problem is increase in demand, more people chasing fewer and fewer houses. And we've put on the table ideas to speed up the approval process and more housing becomes available, to look to what we call the missing middle, sort of stacked townhomes and mid-rise buildings, that's great entry level for millennials, for example, or for empty nesters. It'll free up the traditional family home for somebody else. And third, let's intensify. We're putting a lot of money into GO or subways in Toronto. So why not intensify around stations or along that rail? You're putting billions under the ground. Why not open that up for more housing opportunities for people who simply want to hop on the GO train to get to work? Great point. And with the Vaughn subway opening you know, in the next week or so, it's really going to revamp how people see Vaughn and, and how accessible it now is to the city. 
Exactly. And therefore, let's make sure we build the housing because, you know, it's pretty cold out here in, uh, in December. So people would probably kill for the opportunity to live above a go station. So I have to put on the big parka every day and head off to work or shopping. So let's actually have policies that encourage housing where we're putting that kind of investment. We've talked a lot on this show about um, the stress test that goes into effect in 2018. What's your take on that? Overkill. Like, just government overkill. So let's get this straight. So this would be people who are good savers. They can put down a minimum of a 20% down payment on a home. They've got a very strong record of paying down their mortgage or bills. So why the heck government wants to make homeownership more difficult for them is beyond me. Like, honest to God, we're seeing this piling on from tighter mortgage rules like that on careful savers, higher taxes, including land transfer tax in the Toronto area, more rules and regulation. I mean, enough already. So where's it coming from then? You, You know, you've got that political background. You've got that business background. So tell us from your um, area of expertise, why do this? Governments have identified the right problem. They're just coming up with the wrong solutions. So the problem, as I stated earlier on, is we got a lot more demand, not enough homes, more people chasing fewer homes. But governments being governments have decided, well, let's make it fewer people looking for homes mm-hmm. and make it harder for them to afford it, right? Which is terrible. I mean, this, it's been shown by economists after economists that homeowners tend to be more involved in the community. I know I changed as a man when I bought my first home. I cared more about my neighbors. I put money back into my home. You want to encourage this as public policy. They should be focusing on expanding the supply in the system as opposed to trying to throttle demand through all of this piling on of more rules and more costs. And that's been something that we've been saying for years as realtors is it's a supply and demand issue. And, you know, when we can increase supply, because the reality is, even with immigration, we get a lot of people moving to the GTA every year. And not only do we have to have enough supply to service the people that already live here, but the people that are coming in are buying homes within the first four years of immigrating to Canada. So, uh, you know, you you hit the nail on the head there where it it is a supply and demand issue, and we need to make sure that we can make it easier for developers to get permits to build because that's what's holding us back. We have uh, among the worst time frames in North America when it comes to approving new housing. For example, to get a new subdivision approved, it's up 10 years in some areas. Like, that's crazy. And if we don't get a hold of this problem and, and start getting more housing, obviously respecting environmental laws and all that, but surely you're going to 10 years. And if we don't, you got prices going through the roof and fewer people who are actually going to be able to afford a home. Give us your perspective, Tim, on the Ontario Real Estate Association's look at 2018. What can those buyers and sellers expect out there in the new year? You know, I, basic economics tells me that when you limit supply and demand goes up, prices will increase. You know, we saw a similar... So it's just going to go up even further in 2018? In, unless government moves quicker on the supply side, uh, the answer is yes. Wow. So look at Vancouver, for example. Vancouver had a significant appreciation in its housing costs. The government stepped in with new taxes and new rules. It dipped, and then it came roaring back. Yeah. We're like Vancouver if you put us on PVR, right, and delayed it for eight months, but that's kind of <laughs> where we, we are. It's a good analogy. Yeah. So what, what do you do about that? Well, I think increasing the housing supply and, and stop the amount of piling on, I'll say again, of trying to make it harder to buy a home. That's not in the economy's interest, nor does it fit with the value of Canadians. 
There's one more I could throw on that pile. If I have a moment, too, there's a new one the government's looking at to make an energy audit mandatory if you're going to be selling your home, to list your home, an energy audit mandatory. What's that? What's an energy audit? Well, so you know how you have a home inspection? This would be a new energy inspector that comes in, inspects your home, how much it's going to cost to fix it up. You don't have the right insulation. Your furnace is old, the water tank or whatever. So here's the problem. So let's say that the widow, her husband passed away. She's got to sell the home. And she has to get this energy inspection now. And it says she's got to make 20,000 repairs. So then some rich guy is going to say, hey, little old lady, I'm going to knock the price down $20,000. She'll have less for her retirement and her happiness for the grandkids. The rich guy doesn't put any money back into fixing the house. So the environment doesn't benefit. It's a bad idea. Instead, they should focus on programs that will help people lower their energy bills. Homeowners. So say to the little lady, hey, here's a grant to help put in insulation or help fix the furnace. That helps the environment and helps people we want to help. So you're not against government getting involved in real estate just in the right way? To help affordability should be their focus, not to make it more difficult. That's so true. And, and Tim, I want to thank you for bringing what realtors do to the forefront. I mean, the perception out in in the public is that... You know, we just sell homes, but we do so much more than that. And, you know, the credit goes to you to be able to articulate that and, and put that out there, you know, with, with uh, you know, emphasis on something like the Ontario Realtor Party where we can get involved in, and be true community ambassadors. So I want to thank you for that. Absolutely. Awesome. Tina, great seeing you both. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. If our listeners want to connect with you, how can they do that? Well, it's the old school emails. Email old school now, tim.hudak oh, at aria.com. I'm Tim Hudak on Twitter and Tim Hudak on Facebook. Luckily, Hudak's not that common a name, like Con. Like <laughs> <laughs> and Hudak is H-U-D-A-K. And Terrific. we're aria.com. Thank you. You bet. Asif, we just have a couple minutes left to take a couple of email questions from our listeners. The first one comes from Sue in Thornhill, and she says, Due to personal circumstances, she moved back in with her parents and has been able to save some money. So some good came out of that. But she thinks it's still not enough to jump into the market in 2018. What advice would you have for Sue? Sue, that's a great question, and we get asked that a lot. Uh, You know, when should I jump into the market? Do I have enough money? The best thing that you can do, Sue, is go and see a mortgage broker or go and see a bank and find out exactly what it's going to take. I mean, you may be qualified for 10% down. You may may be qualified for 15% down. So depending on what you have, you may not need all of that, or, or you may have exactly what you need. The best thing that you can do is... Go out, see a mortgage broker, and then also it'll give you, if you don't have enough, it'll give you something to work for. It'll give you a target to work for. So, you know, just being uh, informed as to what your options are and what your affordability is, that will help you a lot. Good answer. Okay, our next email question from comes from John in Woodbridge. He's concerned about being able to sell his home when he thinks he's living next door to a grow-up. What should he do? Well, John, that's uh, that's an interesting question. And so I would investigate if that is a grow up or not and, and try to get uh, informed on what's happening next door. You know, as a realtor, I have to disclose to all parties if they are purchasing a house next year or grow up. So uh, I think it's in your best interest and everyone's best interest to make sure that, uh, you know, that information is correct or not correct. And uh, and then we can move forward from there. But Certainly, it will take away from your value if it is a grow-up next door, and that's something that we would want to clarify right away. So is his first call to the real estate agent to say, 
hey, I want to put my house up on the market, but I'm not sure what's happening next door, or is the first call to York Regional Police? Even just talking to some of the other neighbors and, and trying to get a handle on, on what exactly is going on. I mean, sometimes, uh, you, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. You, it may be something uh, pretty innocent, but if it is a grow-up, then for sure you want to get the authorities involved. And, uh, and you know, before you put your house on the market, I mean, a realtor wouldn't be able to determine that on their own. They can do the same homework, but usually the neighbors know. And mm-hmm. once you talk to your neighbors, you'll have a great idea as to what exactly is happening. And they're obligated to disclose that information. Does he have to disclose it about his neighbor's home? I mean, it's his house, right? So if his house is clean and on the market, what's does he have to let them know what's happening in the neighborhood? Yeah, as a, as a realtor, we're uh, our our guidelines, our ethics. Uh, you know, with that, we have to disclose if we know anything that's in the area that could affect the value of the home in the future. And that would be something that does affect the home. So we would be bound, you know, by our our ethics and our rules and regulations to disclose that. And I think, uh, you know, it'd be in John's best interest as well to make sure that uh, the house next door is not a grow up. Good information there for sure. Okay, that's our show for this week. Thank you, Asif. We'll catch up again next week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion, or you can call us at 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059 The Region.